morning, everybody. Good to see you guys today. Um, so today, I would like to share something, uh, obviously, from the Bible. And we are today are learning from uh, the Bible about a character in the Bible. Her name is Rahab. Okay, maybe some of you guys have heard of her before. And she was a Canaanite woman. And on top of that, she was a prostitute, right? Um, we are going to read from the book of Joshua. So the, the story is this, uh, the book of Joshua is actually after the death of Moses. So his uh, successor, Joshua, was going to conquer a city of Jericho. Some of you probably already uh, familiar with this. So it was the first city of uh, Canaan that they decided to conquer under the leadership of Joshua. So I'm going to read from Joshua chapter 2. Uh, verse 1 to 21, but I'll read the first two uh, verses first, okay? Here we go. Verse 1, Then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp at Acacia Grove. He instructed them, Scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially around Jericho. So the two men set out and came to the house of, prosti of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there that night. But someone told the, Jeric told the king of Jericho, some Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. Now, maybe some of you guys, some of us probably think, why did uh, Joshua only sent out two spies, you see, to explore the, the, the city, the city of Jericho? Why? It should have been more, right? Uh, but let me tell you this. Maybe Joshua might have learned this lesson from his personal experience when Joseph was the leader of Israelites. You know, God asked Moses to send out 12 spies to explore the land of uh, Canaan. So among the 12 spies, only two who believed that God was able to conquer the land, to help out the Israelites to conquer the land. Only two among 12 people. Now, those two people were Caleb and Joshua, right? Now, the rest of the people, so 10 of them, they didn't believe. You know, they didn't believe that God was able to do it. The reason why is because the people who lived in that land before, they said they were giants, they were big, they were too powerful for us, Moses, they said. You know, no way we can conquer the land, you see? So those, those two, 10 spies, they, were, they, were, they didn't believe. Right? They didn't believe that God was able to do so. Now, those 10 people, they underestimated God's power. And on top of that, not just that, on top of that, they also spread complaints among all the people of Israelites. So they were complaining to Moses, Moses, you're going to kill us. If we attack those giants, we're going to die. So they, they complained, they complained, they complained. As a result of that, God didn't let those or anyone who was 20 years old or older to enter the promised land because of that. That was crazy, right? So uh, God was going to kill them, but Moses was like, God, please don't do it. So God was doing this to them. He, he let them wander around the wilderness for 40 years, for 40 years just circling the wilderness until that generation passed away, generation that was grumbling, complaining. Now, so Joshua was a spy before he became a leader. Now, so he was probably saying, you know what? 
I don't think we need that many spies, you know, that many spies to explore the land. We only need two people that believed, that have faith in God, just like Caleb and I 40 years ago. So he learned from, from his personal experience. So here with Joshua, there were the new generation of people because the older generation had passed away. They were gone already, right? They wandered 40 years in the wilderness. Okay, so verse three. So the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab. Bring out the men who have come into your house for they have come here to spy out the whole land. Rahab had hidden the two men, but she replied, yes, the men were here earlier, but I didn't know where they were from. They left the town at dusk as the gates were about to close. I don't know where they went. If you hurry, you can probably catch up with them. Verse six, actually, she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them beneath bundles of flax she had laid out. So Rahab apparently was not just a prostitute, right? But apparently she was a liar. <laughs> a good one though, right? A good one. She was probably good at talking, you know, very crafty. She was probably master the art of manipulation, right? Because the guards, when they were looking for the, the people, the guards, they, they just believe what Rahab said. You know, they're not here, people. They're not here. Those two people, they were here, but they were gone. And then they didn't even go check the house. They just like, okay, I believe you, Rahab. So we, we, we just go somewhere else. So they took her word and just left, just like that. So she was very smart, very slick woman, okay? Verse seven, so the king's men went looking for the spies along the road leading to the shallow crossings of the Jordan River. And as soon as the king's men had left, the gate of Jericho was shut. Before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up on the roof to talk with them. I know the Lord has given you this land, she told them. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in this land is living in terror. For we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know what you did to Sihon and Og, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. Now, a prostitute back in Rahab's time would know a lot of people, right? And especially in a, a small city of Jericho, like Jericho, it's, it's pretty small. How did I know Jericho was small a city? Because the Israelites were able to march around the city seven times, seven times in a day. So imagine, LA County, how are you gonna march seven times in a day? No way, right? So this is a small uh, city, maybe approximately about six acres, okay? So small, seven times, boom, in a day, not a problem, not a problem. So it's a small city. So Rahab would probably know some powerful people, you know, who were probably in the military, and that's how she probably heard about these testimonies, right? About how the Lord parted the Red Sea and defeated the Amorite kings. Now the Red Sea was parted about 40 years ago. I highly doubted that she was born already. She wasn't born, you know, it, it happened 40 years ago. 
But, you know, they've been talking about it. They've been talking about that for 40 years, you know. It happened in Moses' time. It happened during the time of the older generation, obviously. The ones who complained against Moses and Aaron, you know, Joshua and Caleb, right? Those people who were over 20 years old whom God didn't allow to enter the promised land. So these people were afraid of the Canaanites back then. But apparently, in verse 9, it's the other way around. Let me read it back to you. Verse 9, it says this. I know the Lord has given you this land, she told them. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is, in, is living in terror. So apparently, guys, apparently the Canaanites were afraid of the Israelites. But the Israelites didn't believe that God was able to help them. They were, they were actually afraid of them. But actually, the Canaanites, they were afraid, living in terror for 40 years. Imagine that. 40 years, they're like, oh my gosh, the Israelites can come and just seize our city, just like that. You know, and the same thing with us. You know, sometimes Christians, sometimes we don't believe in God's word. You see, when the Bible says we ought to be generous, we're like, ah, I disagree. Maybe when I'm wealthy enough, you know, and I can be kind of generous to people. But as of now, there's no way. I barely can even afford myself to support myself. I can't. On the other hand, sometimes those people who aren't Christians, who don't believe in God, they are doing what God is asking us to do. You know, Christians to do this, do that. But they are actually doing that. They're being more generous than us. You know, they're more forgiving than us. They're more loving than us. Isn't it funny? We are supposed to do that, but we don't do that. But the other people that don't believe in God, they're doing it. So it's funny. Now, verse 11, it says this. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord, your God, is, a, is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. If those people who didn't know the God who created the universe, the earth, and everything in it could say that, man, he is awesome, you know, just based on the miracles that he did. So if, if those people can say that your God is awesome, Bernard, your God is awesome, Reinhardt, if, if they could say that, how much more we Christians, how much more we Christians here, the follower of Christ, have to acknowledge him? How much more we have to worship him, honor him, love him? How much more? You see? But in, in reality, sometimes we aren't too excited to read our Bible. We aren't too excited to worship him, to praise him, to, to do what he's asking us to do, you know, to pray. We're not excited, but these people, they're like, oh man, your God is awesome. Isn't it funny? They acknowledge God. And yet we Christians, we're like, ah, I don't know, but going to church, it's too hot today, you know, it's summer. And it's winter, it's too, it's too cold today. I mean, like, there's no perfect time for us to go to church because our heart, it's our heart. It's not about on the outside, it's on the inside. We take him for granted, you see. 
Verse 12. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me. This is Rahab saying. And my family since I have helped you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live. Along with my father and my mother and my brothers and my sisters and all their families. Now, Rahab believed in God from the testimonies that she had heard probably from her customers, right? And other people probably. Now, the sad thing is this. The sad, this is very sad. Because there were people just like Rahab that heard the testimonies, the same testimonies. The same exact testimonies that Rahab heard. But at the end of the day, only Rahab and her family got saved. Imagine that. Not just Rahab. I believe that that's not just Rahab that knew about the testimony, right? Other people too. But the rest didn't believe and ended up perishing. They were perished. Today is the same thing, guys. A lot of people have heard the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ, you know? But only few people choose to believe. Just like in John chapter 12, verse 37. But despite all the miraculous signs Jesus had done, most of the people still did not believe in him. It says most of the people, most. So it's the majority of the people didn't believe in Jesus Christ. He did miraculous signs, and yet they did not believe in him. This is why today the Bible says this. If today we still hear his voice, God's voice, do not harden our, our hearts. So if you're still listening to this message, you know, where, wherever you are, do not harden. Because it's, there's a, it's a new, new day, you know. You're getting new uh, message. And if you keep hardening yourself, then it's going to be too late. One day, it's going to be too late. So open your hearts. Do not harden your hearts. Now, one of the things that we can learn from Rahab is that once we know the truth, once we know the truth, the truth, the gospel of the Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ, do not stop there. You know, Rahab, she brought her family to know God, the whole family to know God, you know. Today, I want to encourage us to have that desire to bring people to Christ, just like Rahab. Don't say, you know what, ah, oh, man, I'm already safe, you know. I'm already good. I don't really care about other people. Just, just me. I'm fine. You know, I don't, but I don't care about my friends, my family, my dad, my, my mom. I don't really care. You know, sometimes we could be very cold, guys, and careless towards other people, and especially our family members, right? And our siblings. If we don't, ah, maybe you can, you can help your friends, but you don't want to help your siblings sometimes or your parents. We can be very cold. I hope today we can care more, not less, about other people, and especially our family members, just like Rahab. She didn't abandon her family. She said, hey, by the way, if I'm safe, I want my family members to be safe too. You see? Think about other people, just like Rahab. Verse 14. We offer our own lives as a guarantee for you, your safety. The man agreed, the spies, okay? If you don't betray us, we will keep our promise and be kind to you when the Lord gives us the land. Now, to me, 
This shows a glimpse of an event that would happen 15 years later from that day. The event that took place at the Calvary where Jesus died for us. Now, those two people, those two spies who said, um, we offer our own lives, they didn't die for Rahab, right? But on the other hand, Jesus died for us on the cross. You know, he offered his life and died on the cross for what? For our safety, as a guarantee for our safety, as a guarantee for our salvation. So that's a glimpse that what's, what's going to happen 1,500 years. You know, that's amazing. That's why I, I'm so amazed with the Bible because, you know, from Genesis to Revelation, it's the picture of Jesus is everywhere. You could see, literally, this is, this is so obvious. Okay? Verse 15. Then, since Rahab's house was built into the town hall, she let them down by a rope through the window. Escape to the hill country, she told them. Hide there for three days from the men searching for you. Then, when they have returned, you can go on your way. Verse 17, before they left, the men told her, we will be bound by the oath we have taken only if you follow these instructions. Verse 18, when we come into the land, you must leave this scarlet rope hanging from the window through which you let us down and all your family members, your father, mother, brothers, and all your relatives must be here inside the house. Verse 19, if they go out the street into the street and are killed, uh, it will not be your fault, our fault. But if anyone lays a hand on people inside this house, we will accept the responsibility for their death. You know, in the past, a similar event also happened. Now, the Israelites called it the Passover. The Israelites had to mark their door frames with animal blood. Okay, so their firstborn sons wouldn't die when the Lord passes through the Egypt, passes through the land of Egypt. Okay, I don't think it's also a coincidence that Rahab used a scarlet or scarlet rope or red rope because scarlet is basically red. Okay, a different kind of red, but nonetheless, it's red. Okay, because the color of blood is what color? I believe your blood is color too, right? It's, I mean, it, your, color, your blood is the color of red, too. It's also red. So that's a reminder of the event that would happen in Egypt, that happened in Egypt. In Exodus 12, verse 21 to 23. Then Moses called all the elders of, of Israel together and said to them, Go, pick out a lamb or young goat for each of your families and slaughter the Passover animal. Drain the blood into a basin, then take a bundle of hyssop branches and dip it into the blood. Brush the hyssop across the top and sides of the door frames of your houses, and no one may go out through the door until morning. For the Lord will pass through the land to strike down the Egyptians. But when he sees the blood on top of the sides of the doorframe, the Lord will pass over your home. He will not permit his death angel to enter your house and strike you down. 
And that's what happened in Egypt. Now, check this out. Did you know that? Did you know that Jesus is coming again for the second time? He is coming again and he will look for people who have faith in him. You know, Jesus said this, but when the Son of Man returns, when Jesus returns, will he find faith on earth? In other words, Jesus is saying this, he will look for people who have his blood, Jesus' blood. Because only by his blood, we can be cleansed from all sin. You see, in, in, in 1 John verse 1, I mean, chapter 1, verse 7, it says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have the fellowship with one another. And the blood of Christ, Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. See, see? Do we have the blood of Christ? Are we ready for his second coming? Verse 20. If you betray us, however, we are not bound by this oath in any way. This is what the spies, two spies said to Rahab. Verse 21, I accept your terms, she replied. And she sent them on, the, on their way, leaving the scarlet rope hanging from the window. You know, guys, salvation is free. Salvation from God is available for everyone. The only thing that we have to do is to accept it. It's to accept it. Just like what Rahab did. You see, we have to accept his invitation by faith. Apostle Paul said this, For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. And Jesus said this, I stand at the door and knock. Right? If anyone hears my voice, and opens the door, meaning accept the invitation, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. You know, the next thing that Rahab was asked to do in verse 21 is this, leaving the scarlet rope hanging from the window. You, do you know what that means? Do you know what it means uh, to, to hang that, that scarlet rope by the window? If it means, if we are followers of Christ, make it obvious. You see, if, if you hang a, a scarlet rope by the window, people will notice that. People will see that and, well, there's something by the window. You know, people could see the rope. It's obvious, right? The Bible says that no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. So then, people can see that we are the true followers of Christ. Make it obvious. Show your love to one another. Just like Rahab, she hung that rope by the window. I wanna ask the musicians to come here. And um, let's fast forward to Joshua 6, okay? Now, Joshua 6, this is after the city has been conquered by Joshua, okay? Joshua 6, verse 25, let me read it to you. Joshua saved Rahab, the prostitute, her family, and all who were with her because Rahab had helped the man he had sent to spy out Jericho. 
Rahab still lives among the Israelites today. You know, the name of Rahab means proud, arrogant. You know, maybe she thought she could be saved by smooth talking these people because she's good at talking and seducing people. After all, that's what she did for a living, right? She was good at talking. Or maybe she thought she could be saved because her look, because of her persona, or whatever that might be. You know, but actually she was saved because she welcomed those two spies into her house and accepted the terms. You know, the terms, as we know, are Rahab must leave the scarlet rope hanging from the window and stay inside her house when Joshua and his people come to Jericho. That's the terms. Now, interestingly, these two names, Joshua and Jesus, are pronounced in Hebrew, Yehoshua. Yehoshua, the same. I'm saying this. This is not a coincidence again. This is not. This event is foreshadowing the things that would happen in the future where Yehoshua, Jesus, the only one that would save many more Rahabs. You see? Joshua, Yehoshua, save Rahab, the old Rahab. But Jesus, the new Joshua, you know, Yehoshua would save many, 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 many more Rahabs. You see, these Rahabs are people who are arrogant, like it, what it means, Rahab, proud, arrogant. These people are arrogant. They think that, oh, you know what, I can save myself. Don't worry about it. I can save because I can do the deeds. I can be good, you know. They're pr proud and arrogant. They think that they could do it themselves. But in reality, no matter how hard you and I try to save our lives, you know, we try every single day not to sin, but we still fail again. That's because we can only be saved by God's grace. You know, Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9 says this, God saved you and I by His grace when you and I believed. And you cannot take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for those, for the good things we have done. So no one, no one, you and I cannot boast about it. You know, you and I cannot boast because it's, it's God's grace. It's God's mercy. Now, maybe some of you guys probably already desperate, already down, already kind of like, you know what, Paul? I don't, I, I think I'm the other way around. I'm not arrogant. I'm, I'm not proud. I'm just, I'm failing in life. You know, I am just miserable. I am just done. I have no hope. You know, I want to tell you this. Please allow me to encourage you by telling you this. Did you know that Rahab, yes, that Rahab, through Rahab, the prostitute, Jesus was born into this world. You see, the Bible says this, Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. So Rahab, okay, that Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. And we know that Jesus was from the line of King David. 
You see, so for you people, for me too, if you think that you got no hope, you're miserable, you're failing in this life, you're just like, oh man, I, I, I'm such a failure. I fail. See, look at Rahab. She was a prostitute, right? She was a liar. Maybe you and I, you could, we could relate to Rahab. We lie every day. Given the, the opportunity, we, we would lie to people to gain some advantages, right? We're like, like Rahab. But in spite of the things that she did in the past, God can use to restore, God, can, God was able to restore her and use her shortcomings for His glory. So which one are you? Are you the proud one that say that, you know what, I can save myself, don't worry about it. No, you can't. Because it's only by God's grace. Or you're the one that, you know what, I'm failing in this life. Hope is lost. I got no hope. It doesn't matter in Christ. Because God can do whatever you feel right now. You feel like you're, you're a failure? God can turn that failure into something beautiful. Or you can be arrogant and try your best to save your life. You cannot do it. Only God can do it. So let's bow our heads. Dear God, after I'm, I'm done speaking, Lord. The word has been spoken. Let us receive that, Lord, with faith, Lord. Because it is possible, Lord. We're hearing the same message, Lord, as someone else hearing it. But at the end, Lord, some of the people, they won't get saved because they don't believe in you, Lord. So, Lord, I'm asking you to open our hearts, Lord. If we still hear your voice today, Lord, soften our hearts, Jesus, so we can, we can be more like you, Jesus. We want to be more like you, Jesus, every day, Lord. Lord, you died for many Rahabs, Lord, and I'm one of them. And we are one of them here, Lord. It's because of your grace, because of your mercy, Lord, that I'm able to stand here to speak the gospel, to preach the gospel, to preach the message, not because of my might, not because of my power. It's because of you, Jesus, that I'm able to be here because of the mercy, Lord. Lord, I want to hang that scarlet robe, Lord, by my window so people can see, Lord, that I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of yours, Jesus. I want to make it obvious, Lord. This church want to make it obvious, Lord. So people, when they see, there's a there's scarlet rope hanging, Lord. And that's your blood, Jesus. That's your blood. We want to make it obvious. People can see that we love one another because you loved us first. So Lord, this is us. Bunch of Rahabs, bunch of failures, bunch of arrogant people, Lord. That cannot that cannot save ourselves. We tried, we tried before, we have tried, and yet we failed. Because only by your mercy, by your grace, that we can be saved. So none of us can, be, can boast about it. Lord, you're awesome, Lord. Hear our prayer, Lord, today. Hear our prayer, Lord. 
Thank you so much, Jesus. Surrender everything into your hands.